you know, I was just, I was so unhappy. I, I couldn't take it. And, you know, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, and uh, I was scared of him. Welcome back to the Talks with Andrew podcast, where we talk about toxic and abusive relationships and all the reasons love has nothing to do with it. Please welcome Zoe to the podcast. She is here to share her experience of a toxic relationship, which was both emotionally and psychologically abusive. Did you hear that? It said recording in progress. Yep. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so... Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, so uh, I, I'm from Ontario. I grew up in a small town. Then I moved to Toronto uh, in my 20s mm -hmm. and I lived there for about eight years and I work as a cook. Awesome, awesome, yeah. thank you so much. Okay, so let's get into it then. Can you tell me, how did you meet this guy and how was he in the beginning? like? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, so I met him at work. And um, in the beginning, he was very, um, you know, full of compliments and very like, you know, aggressively pursuing me. Um, you know, I was older than him. But, you know, he said that he, he liked older women and like that was his thing. How old were and, you at the time? Pardon me? How old were you at the time? I was, I think, 32. Okay, okay, carry on, yeah. And um, uh, he, he pursued me for probably about five months. Um, and I was just friends with him, uh, you know, nothing else. Yeah. And I kept, you know, putting him off. And, uh, you know, then, you know, eventually I kind of just gave in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the time, like I was planning to leave town and I did leave town. So, you know, like for me, like in the beginning, it was only really just like a fling. Okay. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. When you say he aggressively pursued you, can you tell me the type of thing, types of things that he would do? Like to show um, his interests. So I think the first time I met him, like he asked me to, uh, you know, like meet up with him and like have a drink, like at the at the pub on campus, because uh, we were both going to school as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just kind of said like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, whatever, right? Like, I didn't really plan to meet up with him. And I, I never actually did. But, you know, like, from then on, he was always just like asking me like, oh, you know, do you want to go out for drinks after work? You know, do you want to hang out? And so, you know, we hung out as friends uh, for months before anything happened when you were hanging out as friends. Did you see any red flags then? Yes, he had a temper. And I found like, you know, he was quick to take offense. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he loved to argue. He had a temper. Okay, so in what situation did he show that he had a bit of a temper? And in what situation did he show that he like, was quick to take offense? So um, at work, um, you know, we would be, uh, doing our dinner service mm. and, you know, he would just like come over to my station and like take my, my prep that I had done, you know, like something that he needed, but like that he could have done himself. You know what I mean? Like he would just take mine and like, not say anything about it, you know? And I'd be like, Hey, like that's mine. I need that. And he'd be like, no, no. And he just, he would just take it, you know? And then like, if I said anything, he'd be so angry about it, but like, you know, he should have been doing his own work. Right. Well, yeah. So that was like anger towards you then. 
yeah. as friends. Okay, got it. Yeah, got like it. I was the one that was wrong in that situation, apparently, you know. Oh, right, yeah, so okay, got he it. should have been doing his own work. Right, of course. And also the quick to take offense. Was there another situation where he was quick to take offense? Yeah, he just, you know, he would get like, you know, unreasonably angry, you know, right. about something like that. And like something like that, that, you know, should have been like an easy fix. You know, like I should have just said like, hey, you know, like you got to make your own, you have to do your own work. You know, he would just, he would flip it around and like make it my fault and be really, really angry. Mm. Okay. And you dismiss that. Yeah, we do. It's like, okay, I guess that's a bit weird, but, um, and how did that cause issues later on? Well, I don't even need to ask, but uh, yeah, please explain. How did this cause issues later on? It just, you know, it started like a pattern of, you know, stupid arguments becoming really big arguments. Right. Yeah, because you know? that's what would happen because like you said, it was supposed to be a quick fix and anybody yeah. in a normal anybody who was normal would say, oh yeah, okay, my bad. I, I just need it. made some excuse and apologize, but this guy, no, 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 it's all your fault. You know? Yeah. So when that happens, of course, yes, everything moving forward is going to turn into a big deal because even the minor things are not minor, right? No, no nothing was minor. Yeah. Okay. Got only, it. You know, if it was his fault, right? Like oh, only yeah. like if, if he started it then it was minor. Yeah, you know, everything oh. he did could be dismissed and nothing I did was ever okay. Yeah, that happens a lot in a toxic dynamic. I mean, that is the structure of a toxic dynamic, quite frankly. Um, what was the first thing he did that really set you back, that really made you think, hang on, something's not right here? Um, so we had been like, uh, you know, romantically involved for about a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, I was getting ready to leave town. And uh, he told me that he loved me after a month. Okay. And, uh, and at the time, like, I thought to myself, like, there's no way that this is real. You know, like, nobody says I love you after a month, right? Mm -hmm. And I could tell like what he was trying to say, like before he said it. And I tried to stop him from saying it because I didn't believe it was real, you know? And like, I thought like, I don't want to do this. Right. But, uh, you know, he said it and then, you know, I didn't want him to feel bad. And so I ended up saying it back. Oh, right? gosh, Even though yeah. I didn't mean it either. Right. The typical trap. So you responded by saying it back because you felt awkward, right? Yeah. And how did but you I feel? didn't believe that it, it, that it was real, you know, and it, and it disturbed me that he would say it and like, you know what I mean? How did it affect your relationship moving forward after that point? I would say the relationship after that, you know, we, we skipped steps, you know what I mean? Like I left town and I was gone for, you know, a couple months, but he ended up coming, he ended up following me out to, uh, to BC where I moved and, you know, like we, we talked on the phone a bit when we were separated over the summer, but then, you know, I met up with him in uh, Victoria and then we ended up living together. Okay. So you skipped a whole load of steps. And how did you feel about those skipping of steps? Uh, uncomfortable, definitely uncomfortable. 
Okay, so at that point, why was there, I mean, I'm not saying this is a why didn't you do anything type thing, but like, what was your reason for kind of going with it at that time? Uh, because I didn't have um, a place to live yet in Victoria. Okay. And the reasoning was that, you know, it'd be easier for us to find a place together and, and cheaper, mm -hmm. you know? And, and he was like, well, you know, like, I want to be with you anyway. So like, why don't we just live together? And, you know, I, I let him talk to it. Was there any point where you kind of felt a little bit better about it or? I don't know. Um, I guess I was more convinced about like how real it was. Like when we were just talking, you know, like when we were still like talking on the phone as opposed mm. to like seeing him in person, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. There's some vibes you can't fake. Right. Yeah. And when you see someone in person, the vibes are just literally there and you're like, well, this is, no, this is definitely awkward. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like at a distance, he acted like he really cared about me, you know, and like, and it was, it was easy to believe because it was over, you know, chat or whatever, right? Like right. he would say all the right things, but then in person, you know, sometimes he'd be acting like he didn't want to see me at all. And I couldn't understand it. You know what I mean? At the time I was just like, what's going on, right? Mm. And so, so it just kind of had me like emotionally spinning. Right, like on the back foot because he's kind of like hot and cold. Was he hot and colding you whilst you were living together or? Definitely he was, yeah. How did he do that? Well, I, mean, I don't know. Like, it just, like I said, you know, every little thing that I brought up would turn into a huge fight. So, you know, like he would make plans to, you know, we would, we would have plans to hang out and spend time together and he would flake on me. And right. then if I brought it up, like, you know, it would be a huge fight. And so I would just stop bringing it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So that's how you got silenced then. Because it's like, okay, this is going to be a huge fight. And you you've gone through the pattern of having major fights over nothing. And then eventually you're just like, I just didn't even want to go there. Yeah. So at that point, you're kind of silent. So what, so how long were you with this guy for? Um, I lived with him for five months mm -hmm. and then we were apart for several months and then I lived with him again for another two months after that I think I left like four times altogether mm -hmm. what made you decide to leave like like all of those times like the first time why why did you leave um so we we had been fighting and we weren't really talking mm. and um he said something hurtful to me and I said something back under my breath and he he was kind of like looming over me and he he raised his hand and he said you know you better not disrespect me and he looked like he was going to hit me and so that scared me a lot and uh at that point I you know I decided I had to break up with him mm -hmm. and I remember we didn't talk for days after that and then when he did talk to me you know I said like I'm not just going to pretend like that didn't happen you know because he was just acting like it never happened right and what made you decide to go back that time? Uh, so I moved out and I had a job um, somewhere else and I, I left. And then uh, with the pandemic, uh, everything was a mess. And I ended up going home to Ontario for a few months. And then I came back 
And, uh, you know, he was basically, he was just convincing me, you know, that everything would be different and it wouldn't be like it was before and everything. Um, because uh, we had just uh, moved in together again and it had been about four months or no, it had been about two months and everything was exactly the way it was before. And, you know, he was really angry all the time and uh, I was afraid of him. Okay. And then what happened when you left? Uh, when I left, mm. um, there would be like a short period where, you know, he wouldn't talk to me at all. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he would be trying to be Mr. Nice Guy again and, you know, trying to be all sweet to me and everything. Uh, so the third and fourth time, why did you leave? Um, oh, you know what? Those were the last two times. Okay. What made you decide to just literally finally, like, just get out? What was it? Um, it was, uh, it was Christmas, um, mm -hmm. two years ago now. And, um, you know, I was just, I was so unhappy. I, I couldn't take it. And, you know, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating and, uh, I was scared of him, you know? And I, I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I, I really, really can't, you know, like I was a complete mess. There wasn't an incident between you. You just kind of this, like, this is it for me. I gotta leave. Well, there was, there was a stupid fight that he had made into a really big deal as usual. You know, and, yeah. and he stopped talking to me. Um, and then he realized that I had stopped talking to him. And so then, you know, he was trying to talk to me again and I just wasn't really having it. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, you know, a week until Christmas. And I was just like, I don't want to spend the holiday with this guy, mm. you know, like he's just making me so unhappy. So how did you get out? How did you leave that time? Um, so I called a mental health hotline mm -hmm. and, um, I told them that I was having suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. Was this true? And, yeah. Yeah. This is normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and they gave me the number for a, uh, transition house for women. Mm -hmm. And I called them the next day and I got a room and, uh, and they sent a cab for me and I packed a bunch of my stuff and I, and I left. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, amazing. How, how did he respond to you leaving? Um, he, uh, at first he was angry. Um, and then he was like, you know, asking me, you know, what about the apartment? What about the bills? And uh, I said, you know, I'll give notice as soon as I can. And it was like, you know, until that point, he didn't realize that he needed me to pay for half of everything, you know, like, right, yeah, it didn't occur to him, you know, <laughs> until then, right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, if I treat my girlfriend like shit, she'll leave me. Oh, you know. <laughs> Oh, wait, I actually need her. Oh, wow, I've been spending all this time as though she's been an inconvenience to me whilst she's been maintaining my life, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, how did you, okay, so he was angry at first and then he was kind of like, just trying to work out the logistics of everything with you. Yeah. Was and he using that to make you feel guilty though? Yes. Yeah, because I was, I was wondering, because 
you know, there's working out the logistics and there's, oh my gosh, but what am I going to do now type thing? Yeah. He said that I was blowing up his life. No, he was blowing up his life. Yeah. Like for no reason, I just decided I had to leave. And by doing that, I'm blowing up his life. And I, and I just decided to do that for no reason at all. You know, like he didn't actually do anything. Poor soul. You know, yeah. like how unpredictable are you? He hasn't not, he hasn't just been terrorizing you for however long. No, this is yeah. all your fault again. Oh my yeah. gosh. The, the audacity, the yeah. actual audacity. Anyway, yeah. how did you handle it? How did you handle that I just told him you know like he he wanted me to come back he was like you know why don't we just you know live here together until the lease is done and I was just like no I can't do that sorry it's not gonna work and he was like but why not but why not and I was like because of this you know I, I can't do it it's a toxic situation mm. so you know and then he was he was uh really you know aggressive and yelling and uh that time that we spoke, I had to, uh, I had to call the cops actually. I'm sorry. What was that? That was rustling. That time that we spoke, you had to call the cops. Yeah. I had to call the police because he was getting really aggressive and I was scared of him. Right. Okay. But did he know where you were? Yeah. Yeah. We were okay. speaking in person at the apartment. Oh, okay. Okay. So you called the police. Did the police come? They got you out. I'm assuming. Yeah. Did you see him again after that? I did, um, but just to get my stuff out of the apartment, the rest of my things. Okay. Did you have anyone with you? Yeah, I brought movers and police with me on that occasion. Okay, good move because a lot of the time you can, um, they can get more violent and more aggressive after you leave. Yeah. Did you experience that with him or was he kind of like the same level of uh, stupid? Sorry. <laughs> same level yeah. of aggressive. The same level. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they, they have a system, you know, when right. you take the cops with you, they, they call them, you know, when you're outside the building and they let them know that they're coming in. Okay. So, you know, I didn't really have to speak to him at all. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. How did you feel at that time? Um, I was really nervous and really like full of anxiety. Yeah. Understandably so. How did you feel after getting your stuff? Um, just emotionally drained, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was still a mess emotionally for probably a few months after that. I was going to say, what were the after effects of leaving for you? Um, I was, um, I was really scared of him still for a long time. I was afraid that he was going to find me and he was going to follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was afraid of like a confrontation with him. Right. What about your anxiety? Did it peak at all or were you, you were afraid? So I guess it did. Um, your sleeping patterns and things like that. How, how was that for you after you left? Uh, my sleep got a lot better pretty much right away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So knowing what you know now, if you yeah. could go back to who you were at that time and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Uh, it would be to leave sooner. When would you have told yourself to leave? Um, I think uh, like early on when I started living with him here in uh, Victoria. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like a month 
after the first month of living with him. I think I should have left then. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and great job for getting out. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. It's good to hear. Okay, so whilst it is good to have the opportunity to hear other people's real life experiences of toxic and abusive dynamics, relationships, it is also the objective of this podcast to learn from these experiences. So let's break this down. So Zoe says that he aggressively pursued her in the beginning for about five months. Now, whilst this fits the romantic notion of him seeing what he wanted and going for it and not taking no for an answer, this is actually a red flag because a healthy person is gonna shoot a shot a couple of times and then he's gonna leave it alone. He's not gonna continue for five months pursuing and trying because this is a breach of boundaries and it shows a lack of respect for what you have verbally told them that you want or don't want. So this is a red flag. And even as friends, he would take things without her permission and blame shift, gaslight, and make his anger her fault or her anger her fault. Either way, it had nothing to do with him, right? He would minimize his behavior and maximize hers, which is typical of a toxic, abusive character. Saying he loved her after a month is his way of forcing commitment at her end. She said herself they skipped a few steps. This is what the premature I love you was designed to do, to encourage the skipping of steps. Then there was that uh, incident where he actually raised his hand and threatened to hit her. This is a form of coercive control, controlling by force, and is actually identified as a hallmark of abuse. So much so that coercive control is actually illegal in the UK. Coercive control also falls under the category of emotional and psychological abuse. And then there's a double standards. He can say hurtful things, but she can't disrespect him. Whenever she leaves, he seemed to have this pattern of giving her the silent treatment which is another form of emotional and psychological abuse. This is designed to have you second-guessing yourself, doubting what you've said, and becoming more desperate to get that person back into your life. The final break came when they had yet another huge fight over nothing. And even at the end, when Zoe was literally suicidal due to his emotional and psychological abuse, he still took zero accountability. He was still blame-shifting. He still made her the one in the wrong. This is classic toxic and abusive behavior. And I want to stress here, even though he wasn't physically abusive, that emotional and psychological abuse can take you to that suicidal place just as effectively as physical abuse. And in fact, physical abuse does not occur without elements of emotional and psychological abuse first. Emotional and psychological abuse is a silent erosion of your confidence, of your self-esteem, of you as a whole, until you are desperate, depressed, and suicidal. And in all of that, when I asked her if she actually loved him at any point, she said no. Which goes to show, when we're in these relationships, a lot of the time we believe we're in love. But when we really stop to break it down, when we really stop to think about the reality of the situation, it's clear as day that love doesn't have much to do with it. That's what I wanted to share with you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please give it a like, follow me, subscribe to the podcast and share it out 
to everybody you know. It's important that we learn more and more about the dynamics of toxic and abusive relationships because we have to become aware of what it is in reality. It's not this thing out there that people who are weak or that one in a few women ever have to deal with. Toxic, abusive dynamics are so common today, it's actually ridiculous. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you found that helpful and informative. If so, please share it out to every woman you know, because this is an opportunity for all women to get a real grassroots understanding of toxic and abusive partners, how they get to you, and how you can protect yourself. From one woman to another, each one teaching one. And for free resources or coaching, please visit www.thelivingwarriacademy.com. 